Hello and welcome to Lockdown Poetry Corner, my daily attempt to inculcate you poor benighted housebound proles with just the barest scintilla of culture. Today I bring you words which have flowed from the quill of Percy Bysshe Shelley. Do try and keep up. I met a traveller from an antique land who said, Two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them, on the sand, half sunk, a shattered visage lies, whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor well those passions red which yet survive stamped on these lifeless things. The hand that mocked them, and the heart that fed. And on the pedestal these words appear. My name is Ozymandias, King of Kings. Look on my works, ye mighty, and release the clowns. <laughs> So, remember what I said. Look around, keep an eye on what's happening, don't get caught out. You want to win this game, don't you? Of course, Tony. We want to win every game. Well, if only that was true, Charlie. Your last match, you just couldn't be bothered. What do you mean? We won 6-0. Yeah, but it should have been 10-0. 15-0 even. And that was down to you, Charlie. How? I got injured after our second goal. Well, exactly. If you'd stayed on the pitch, your team would have hammered them. Tony, I'm a left-back. I don't score goals. You may well have done. You don't know that. Well, I haven't scored in over 50 matches. Two and a half years. Well, it's always a first time. Anyway, you shouldn't have such a defeatist attitude. I don't. You do. You went off. I was injured. I had to go off. Tcha. Never bothered me in my day. Little knock, and you just ran it off. I had blood pouring out of a large cut in my head. I had to have eight stitches. <laughs> we never bubbled with stitches. We just got on with it. Wow, Tony, you must have been really hard. Well, that's right. I once played the whole of a second half with a broken arm. <sighs> Extraordinary. I didn't even know it was broken. Jeff Stokes played a whole match in goal with a fractured skull and double vision. He didn't whinge about being taken off and substituted. And I suppose he made some miraculous saves. No, we lost 13-0 and he was in hospital for six weeks with a brain hemorrhage. But the point is, he didn't quit. He stayed on the pitch. He was a fighter, was Jeff. If he was so badly injured, why didn't the manager bring him off? Manager? Manager? We didn't need one of them. Managers are for wimps. We just got on with it ourselves and played together as a team. Good, solid hard work never did us any harm. Well, apart from Jeff Stokes... Jeff wouldn't have had it any other way. Is that what he told you? No, he hasn't been able to speak since that game. Brain damage. I think I prefer the way the game is now, actually. Oh, no backbone, no character. That's the trouble with the youth today. I mean, look at the ball you play with. What do you mean? Well, it's for softies. In our day, if you headed the ball, you'd expect to get a couple of minutes of unconsciousness. Longer if it was sopping wet. But the point is, you kept on playing, and whatever the weather. 
Makes me laugh to see these namby-pamby teams nowadays being scared of a bit of fog or ice or snow. I once played in a blizzard. I didn't notice that the match had ended and all the other players had gone off. I carried on for an extra ten minutes. Now that is dedication. How many hours a week did you train, Tony? Training? What's that? We never trained. We didn't need to. We were playing a man's sport, not prancing around like a bunch of ballet dancers. All right, I'd better just have a quick drink before I start. Don't want to get dehydrated. You what? What is that you're drinking? Water. Water? Footballers drink beer, Charlie. Not just before a match. Oh, rubbish. We always used to drink seven or eight pints before a match. Sometimes a few during the match and all. Didn't it slow you down or make you feel ill? If you felt ill, you never showed it, Charlie. Very important. You just went over the corner flag, puked up quietly. No fuss, no letting the side down. I don't suppose you had a pasta diet either, did you? <laughs> what? we never even heard of the foreign muck. What's wrong with a nice pie and mash and mushy peas? Take little Steve Leonard. He may have been small but he had the appetite of an elephant. Before one match, he ate six battered sausages and three portions of chips, large. I'm not surprised the opposition were a bit reluctant to take their corners. I think I'd better go now. I've got to do some warm-ups. Oh, the only warming up we ever did was shagging the wife. But that's not allowed these days by you bunch of wussies either, is it? You build it all up so you can't control yourself when someone scores a goal. Then you start snogging him senseless. When anyone in my team scored, we'd punch each other in the face to show how manly we were. OK, Tony, I'd better go. Try and, uh, well, enjoy the match. Sorry, mate, I can't stay. Got a show tonight and I'm testing out my new frock wig and boobs. Release the clowns. <laughs> Sophie, will you take Roger to be your husband? Will you love him, comfort him, honour and protect him? I will. Roger, will you take Sophie to be your wife? Will you love her, comfort her, honour her and protect her? I will. I now pronounce you man and wife. You may now fart in front of each other. Oh, thank goodness for that. been gagging to do this for five years. Oh no, the dress! Release the clowns! Welcome to Estate Agent School. It's a new year at the Royal College of Estate Agents and Senior Lecturer J.D. Knight-Foxton is putting the freshers through their paces. Remember, everything you do, what you say, the way you say it, the way you walk, everything must be calculated to put buyers and vendors off balance. Uh, why is that, Professor? Oh. Really? What, what, what an idiot. Can anyone tell Tarquin why? Oh, oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah, me, honor, me, honor. Chantel. Honor. Um, 
We have to bamboozle the vendors. Mm, so they never question why they're paying us so much to do a job that requires the brain power of a banana. Oh. And confuse the buyers so they don't realise they're paying five times over the odds for everything. Excellent. Remember that, Tarquin? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, okay. the way you look is vital. Clothes have to be smart, but oh, not in right, a way okay. that instills confidence that you actually know what you're doing. Oh. How can we achieve this? If your suit's a bit shiny. Yes. yes. Nice one. If your clothes don't fit properly? Yes. <laughs> so, for you boys, uh, that's either trousers that are achingly tight, especially around your plums, or a suit that looks like you nicked it off your taller, much fatter dad. And what about us? Shirts thin enough to show us that your bra is cutting in painfully right. and any pencil skirt that's clearly two sizes too small oh, so that okay. when you walk, you look like you're holding in the most explosive curry fart ever. Andy, what about shoes? Ooh, uh, inappropriately pointy. Perfect. Macy, shoes for girls? Something easy to take on and off? No. No, oh. you've Ooh. got to have ridiculous heels. Right. Okay. Think yeah. mid-80s Essex nightclub, OK? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, as I'm um, feeling queasy, I'm guessing you're all wearing cologne of some sort. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, what's yours, Darren? A lynx, dark temptation. Ooh. Classic. Oh, nice. Nice. Boys, anything by lynx will do. They all reek of cheap. What have you got on, Chantal? It's SSX for non-gender specific person. Ooh. It's from China. Oh. I found it in a charity shop. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Good find. Oh, thanks. I, I literally bathed in it. Yeah. Oh, that's dedication. Mm. And that's why I currently feel like she's reaching down my throat and rummaging yeah. around in my stomach. Oh, yeah. thanks. <laughs> right now, I'd agree to almost anything to get away from the sickening stench hanging around her. Oh, I'd even agree to buying a massively overpriced fixer-upper with subsidence power lines overhead and a sewage works next door. Professor, Tarquin's fainted. You see? Perfume is one of your shock troops. It's a weapon to disorientate and soften up a buyer. Oh, I yeah. guarantee that slightly odd clothes, yeah. ghastly perfume yeah. and a bizarre handshake will give you the upper hand against anyone within five seconds of meeting them. Brilliant. Now, oh, if you'll excuse me, um, oh, I think I'm going to be sick. Oh, that's, oh, that's really, it's really good. That's a shame. I really, I really got, I got so much from that. So much. Join us next week when the wannabe estate agents learn to multitask by simultaneously smiling, lying to your face, shaking your hand, and visualising battering your annoying child to death with a puppy. Release the clowns. Across the UK, thousands of people are living in desperate need. Locked in their homes and unable to work, many are going hungry without access to the communal office fridge. Spare a thought for people like Maisie. Without a regular supply of stolen office milk, 
Maisie has been forced to live off black coffee and dry Weetabix. A donation of just £5 would supply Maisie with a full carton of milk labelled with your name. Please, help us help people like Peter. Unable to pilfer co-workers' lunches, Peter is now half his original body weight. Your £10 would give Peter a Tupperware box of either dinner leftovers, congealed pasta or something that smells like it could be tuna. And find it in your heart to support people like Susan. Normally found stuffing her face at every office birthday celebration, Susan now lives in a state of permanent sugar withdrawal. For just £15, we'll provide Susan with a half-eaten birthday cake, personalised with the name of someone she doesn't even know. That's right, you. Together, we can end the suffering. Donate today. Somewhere. I heard your message and I just wanted to say, well, Last Man on Earth here. Oh gosh, that sounds desperate, doesn't it? But then I feel like I might be the last man on Earth, that is. Not some, um, well, anyway. Yes. I didn't even introduce myself, did I? What a clot you are, Ralph. That's me, by the way. Ralph. 53-year-old, fully functioning, live adult human man. Not a zombie, although 53 probably sounds it to a whippersnapper like yourself. Um, I'm in accounts. Um, was in accounts. Not sure what I'm in these days. Hiding? <laughs> Sorry, my little joke. That's how I keep my spirits up, telling myself little jokes. I, I am rather running out of zingers, though, so I've started heckling myself. Boo! You already did that one! Get off! You're rubbish! Zombie, the undead won't pay me any mind. 
so I've made myself a suit out of zombie guts. If life gives you lemons, Mary used to say, make lemonade. And when life gives you zombie gizzards, well, it's rather dapper, actually. Double-breasted, maybe triple. It, it's hard to be sure. Anyway, keeping busy, that's the ticket. The devil makes work for idle hands, my Mary used to say. Ironic, really. She's gloves now. I just like to see the wedding ring. Does that sound morbid? Anywho, I know Mary wouldn't want me moping around all alone, so when I heard your message, I thought, that's it, Ralph. Time to get back on the horse. Oh dear, have they eaten all the horses? I do hope this suitcase works. I'm stuck up here in the control room at the Arndale Centre, almost out of supplies. I was just one step ahead of the zombies coming through Marks and Sparks food hall, so I only had time to grab a couple of things. Three days on nothing but cold beans and dry Weetabix, and this place has developed an air of undesirability, I can tell you. Right, enough dither, Ralph, old boy. Let's do this. Quick vocal warm-up. That'll do. I don't know where you are, Sarah. But I'm coming. Ralph is coming. Wish me luck. Take two clowns into the shower. Not me. I just release the clowns and go. So, Polly, you come to me today, of all days, the day my car insurance is renewed. A sacred day, when I can refuse no favours. And you come to me, not with best wishes, but asking for me to do violence against Joey the Weasel. Don Corleone, the weasel is Shylocking on my teeth. This is an infamita. Yet, you show me no respect. Yeah. No respect. Thank you, Consigliere. But Don Corleone, you have my total respect and loyalty. Do I? You, you've never come to me. You've never called me Godfather. You'll never ask me Godfather. Could you help me earn one of my scouting badges? Scouting badges? You know, for the arm of your uniform to identify your various competences. As always, Consigliere, you are correct. Just just once, I wish one of my, what is it, 276 godchildren? 275. Big Donnie Hamhand's kid, Alphonse, went into <coughs> witness protection last month. Ah, yes, just like his rat father. And not one of you, not one of my godchildren ever said to me, Godfather, will you help me earn my science badge? The Godfather has prepared a range of exciting and informative experiments for just this purpose. But did any of you mooks think to ask? I'm sorry! No, I'm sorry that you missed out on all this cool stuff. Do you ever put Mentos in the Coke bottle, huh? Do you ever do that? No, I never. It's very exciting. It is, Consigliere. It is. None of my godchildren 
got to enjoy these things, and this makes me sad. Don Corleone, I would never want to make you sad. I know you wouldn't. You're a good boy, Polly, a good boy. But the fact is that you come here today to ask me a question. So, in the light of all I've just said, would you like to put your question again? Uh, yeah, um, Godfather, could you please help me earn my science activity badge for the scouts? Oh, how lovely. I'd be cock-a-hoop. Oh, what a high old time we'll have. We'll get some beakers and some sulfuric acid and copper oxide, and we'll make a copper sulfate to demonstrate the tendency of ionic compounds to form crystalline structures. Oh, it'll be such fun. And then we'll do two more experiments on the central nervous system and the effect of calcium oxide on organic matter. I don't understand, Godfather. We'll sever Joey the Weasel's spine with a steak knife, then bury him alive in quicklime. Release the Clown starred Gemma Layton, Phil Whelans, Amy Holmes, Casper Michaels, Joe Clegg, Holly Meachin, Alex Marion, Karen Morden, Nick Hildred, Dan Willis, Phil Nice, Martin Hyder, Joe Tilly, Tim Keeling and Simon Edwards. It was written by Alex Marion, Nick Hildred, Zoe Brown, Phil Nice and Robert Mills. The social media hall monitor is Dan Willis and the show is put in detention and randomly beaten by Nick Hildred and Alex Marion. We'd like to dedicate this episode to the memory of one of our comedy heroes, Tim Brooke Taylor, who was taken this weekend by COVID-19. He was simply a legend of British comedy. As a member of the Goodies, his brilliantly silly sense of humour gave us Kitten Kong, the Yorkshire martial art of Ecky Thump, and the British government taken over by children's TV puppets. If you want to see some of the most inventive, hilarious and ridiculous television ever made, look up the Goodies on YouTube right now. Thanks for all the laughs, Tim, you wonderful, silly man. And we'll see you lot in two after this outtake. And <clears throat> go. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's a great that. Sorry, I, I haven't quite got the accent. The soup. Is it the soup? <laughs> no, I just... I started, I realised I was doing like a sort of doggy... Doggy Feels accent. Feels like that age where he strange noises yeah. when he stretches. Welcome to Estate Agent School. It's a new year at the Royal College of Estate Agents and senior lecturer J.D. Knight-Foxton is putting the freshers...